first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, a forever member of the Jittery Monkey podcast family, and of course, our new home, part of the SB Nation podcast network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joining me this week and about every week. It's been a while since uh, there, there's been any any uh, missing leg of the tripod, but Hoss Reuter is here and John Dam Johnston. Gentlemen, welcome. How are we? I'm managing. <laughs> I'm managing. I'm, you know, kind of in the middle of the fray right now with dead week and finals week but you know life goes on one step at a time you know we just got control we can control and play a good 60 minutes i like how john was laughing there because the thought ran through my head was like all right guys not all at one time <laughs> no i i thought there was a there was this you said that and there was this dead air and i wondered how long it was going to last yeah dead air was your pet peeve it's so, it, it's last week john boy was it yeah you kept bitching about it well dead air is you know, it's not good. What about dead hair? Here, here's the thing. And, and dead hair happens. <laughs> I, I think it's important to, to uh, mention this because I am the, uh, the, I can't really call myself a radio vet, but I did spend a decade in radio, so dead air should bother me the most. Uh, and it does, particularly when I'm riding in the van with my wife. And, you know, if we're going to, you know, my parents or her parents or something like that, and it's just, Overly quiet. It makes me think that something's wrong. Am I? Am I? Am I on a place to be thinking that? Yes. Okay. The absence of noise. Yes. Yeah, but 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 that that, that it's wrong. Like the dead air in the van is is wrong. No. Right? No. Well, sometimes people there's natural pauses in conversation. Yeah, but sometimes those pauses last for fifteen twenty minutes. Okay, listen. Well, I've been what, married. What I've been married for a long time. So. Yep shit <laughs> if you get all your talking out of your way in like the first 10 years what the fuck are you going to do with the rest of your life I mean I, I, I got ideas but takes two to tango if you know what I mean I mean you could always drive down the road and go well this uh, this trip I came up with 34 ways to kill your parents would you like <laughs> to hear some of them I mean what are, you, what are you worried about talking in the car for my god what I don't know I'm sorry I brought it up. I guess we'll just continue to uh, listen to our son point out every tree that he sees along the side of the road, which is awesome. Yeah, in that case, for the love of God, I hope that there's no dead air in the band. (laughs) (laughs) Does he know the names of the trees? Uh, Deciduous, coniferous, fir. It's more of a, like, because he's, you know, three and change, so it's more of like trees? Trees? He's questioning, like, yeah, buddy, they're all all trees, <laughs> just like they were last Sunday when we were going to church. <laughs> the trees haven't moved. <laughs> so, oh well, you know what they say: enjoy those days because later on they'll just be like snotty, and then they're going to go to Minnesota and break your hearts. No, yeah, exactly. no, 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 Greg, you live in Illinois; they'll go to Northwestern. No, they won't. No, he won't. Trust me. I, I've, I've said it. He's either going to be really smart or you're going to be really wealthy one day. I, I've been saying it for a good half of his life, which, again, it's a young life. Uh, you know how kids, you know, primarily, you know, they have to you know, take a physical before they go to uh, 
uh, kindergarten. My my son's not going to have to pass a physical. He's going to have concussion protocol. Like this kid, he just he'll he'll be walking one way, looking the other way, smack his head against the wall. I love him to death. I do, and I'm grateful to the good Lord that that he's my son. But he is not graceful. Yeah, I thought you were going to say concussion protocol. I thought you were going to say he's like aggressive. Like we got a future middle linebacker on our hands. No, but he's tall. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe a, a, a rush end, uh, edge okay. rusher. He's good pass rusher. Or, uh, and, and here's a thought, um, depending on speed, maybe, uh, maybe a slot receiver as far as, you know, like a tight end, you know, G- given, you know, when I was, when I was about seven years old and I was in Cub Scouts, I used to run full speed and smash my head into a door just just to show other guys I could do it. That explains a lot. I did that once in junior high before school into like the hallway locker. And I thought it was hilarious and everybody thought I was crazy and uh there you go. There's the I think I think you can, you know, take everything from that point every every, every bad decision that i've made in my life since then can probably be turned back to uh that moment where i decided let's go let's start on one side of the hallway run headfirst into the lockers on the other side of the hallway how how the hell i ever survived my teenage years is beyond me yeah my door smashing uh my door smashing time was was uh, great fun, and I proved how much I tougher I was than the other kids until one day I ran into the doorknob. <laughs> so then after that, you graduated up to donk smashing, right? Well, you know, donk, donk smashing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what the... The way you kids talk these days, is Hold this on. something like sliding into DMs or something? Well, that's that. that usually is what leads to it, yeah. I'm, oh I'm, I'm what, looking it up. I, I'm looking up Donk don't Smasher. Look it up. I'm looking up Donk Smasher. Hold on, I gotta find don't out. Look it up. Apparently, it's from a video game. According to according to this, it's a it's a game in Borderlands. I don't know what Borderlands is, but uh, there oh, you go. Borderlands. I played I played Borderlands, but I don't remember Donk Smashing. <laughs> donk is a colloquial term for an attractive woman's rear end. You know, like a donk donk. Oh, what if, what if it's a honky tonk badonkadonk? Because well, then I guess John's drinking the old Milwaukee and wearing a cowboy hat. Dear, dear, dear. Did you just go doot doot doot? I did. Dear, my dirty. Okay. So Guys. while we're talking about, uh, uh, I, I have to ask this because we have a, a, a shared document that we you know have show notes and things like this, and the first. Topic. It, by the way, it should be said that John gets all the credit for uh, getting all, everything together. We are all supposed to do it, but he's the only one who actually does. So thank you, John, uh, for curating. That's because I'm really organized in my entire life. We appreciate that. Uh, so I, I just have to ask. The top of news items says the Easter Bunny kicking ass, and I just have to know what I what story did I miss because. That seems important. I have no idea. Oh, my God. You guys didn't see the video that there's a fight in, uh, I think it was Orlando. Of course, oh, it has yes, to be Florida, right, where a, apparently a, uh, a man and a woman got into an altercation. The woman spit on the man, and apparently, I guess the man punched her. And all of a sudden, you see a guy in an Easter Bunny costume come in there and just start wailing on this guy. And it's 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 hilarious. I mean, if you you, I mean, because after a while, you look at things from Florida, or headlines from Florida, and you go, why do all of the planet like congregates the dumbest people in one small area that will be flooded in the next thirty years or so? So maybe it's good. We send more down there. But yeah, Florida uh, or Ohio. I mean, the Easter Bunny's wailing away from this guy, and a police officer comes up and tries to you know, separate them and finally kind of gets them separated. And the guy in the Easter Bunny costume is bouncing around like he's a prize fighter with his dukes up. 
you know, taunting this guy like I'm, he's ready for more. It's hilarious. I'm, you should have seen it, Greg. I guess the uh, the only yeah, I should I I've pulled it up. I I didn't want to watch. Yeah, Greg. I don't want uh, to click the video right now because I don't know if the audio will will bleed through into the show. Uh, so I'll watch it and maybe I'll post it uh, uh, for others to view as well. But the only fight that I know that involves an Easter Bunny, you got to go back to the 1990s and uh, specifically. It is 1995. Uh, a little motion picture by the name of Mall Rats, and uh, you have Jay and Silent Bob uh, going and attacking a mall bunny. Uh, it's fantastic. If you haven't seen Mall Rats, people, if you haven't seen Mall Rats in a while, go go give it a look. I think you'll be entertained. So there you uh, go. That f- that first news item is kind of. Uh, indicative of how slow it is right now for actual news. I mean, we could make up news like the top 100 quarterbacks of all time or your five favorite running backs, the best games you ever saw. Like we do this every freaking year, but yeah, uh, you know, this time of year. actually, you know what? I'd like to bring up something that relates to both this time of year and how much I'm just hardwired for football season. Oh my gosh. Did you tackle a professor? No. Um, it's, I've never felt the urge to tackle one of my professors ever or jeans today. You know, it's that time of the year where most of the time wearing shorts and a hoodie, gym shorts. But I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll wear jeans. So I'm walking into my econ class at one It's about, you know, 68, 70 degrees. It's too warm for a 70 degree day. You're wearing jeans. You, know, you get a little warm oh. as you're walking. Oh God. And I thought to myself, God, what I would give for like, 48-degree October day right now. And I realized, after the brutal winter we just had, why the fuck would I ever want to go back to that this soon? And then after really thinking about it, it it dawned on me. It was all just because of being in no man's land and being a sports fan. I think the NBA is doing something right now. Yeah, and NHL, that's Canadian soccer. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have really taken a liking to St. Louis Blues in recent years. I've become a fan. And uh, I am happy to say that they, as of this recording, they are on the eve of their uh, second round uh, beginning with uh, the Dallas Stars. As of the time that this episode drops, that game will be over, and hopefully the Blues will be up one nothing. Uh, but it is important to note, just because it's St. Louis and because it's a Dallas team, uh, that our, our long-lost uh, and, and beloved brother Brian was a Dallas team's fan, and so he'd be pulling for the Stars against the Blues. And uh, it just, I, I've got to bring it up every time uh, there's a, a postseason St. Louis Dallas, you know, confrontation. That game six of that 2011 World Series, uh, from time to time, I would just uh, share that, that David Freeze, you know, home run and uh, with him on, on Facebook or Twitter. And, and he would say, uh, he, he'd, he'd say a few words that I'm not going to repeat here on the show uh, and, and yell at me and not talk to me for an hour or two. I just like to rile him up with with that particular home run um, clip and, and the uh, Joe Buck call of we will see you tomorrow night, which I did not realize was a call that his father made uh, in 1990, 91, something like that, when the Minnesota Twins were playing, I believe, either the Phillies or the Braves in the World Series, and Jack Buck was doing uh, the national broadcast, and after... Uh, a home run says, we'll see you tomorrow night. So it was kind of cool, a little callback that I didn't know existed. So um, I don't know how we got talking about that, but uh, let's talk about some. What's, What's that? There's no sports this time of year. There is no sports this time of year. I college baseball, but we talked about that last week. Yeah. And next week we're going to talk a little college basketball because we have a new podcast uh, coming down the pipe for all of you Nebraska ball fans and We'll be talking with some of our coronation brethren uh, next week. We'll give you all the details at the end of this show. Uh, but some of the other news items that John laid out for us, uh, there have been some changes made in the old NCAAF rulebook, including targeting. Did you know John. this, Haas? 
Yes, I did. The overtime rule. I fucking love it. I like the overtime rule, too. I'll read this. The overtime format was revised so that any game that reaches a fifth overtime will result in teams alternating two-point conversion attempts. You're going to see some seriously creative two-point conversion. Attempts. I was just going to ask you, what? How does this change coaching at all? Just adding another section to the restaurant menu size play charts, you know, game charts of two-point conversion plays, if it, that's what it comes down to. I mean, I don't think it'd be something that you would plan, like, painstakingly for each week just because how often does a game go to five overtimes? That's what I was going to ask. But it, it is interesting. Like, did you guys Were you guys watching the A&M LSU game last year in November that went seven overtimes? Yes. No. That was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had watching college football. I mean, those guys on the watch that start to finish. Those guys on the field had to be just oh, they'd be exhausted. Yeah. The coordinators probably were, you know, exhausted too mentally. You know, calling plays in that quick of you know, quick fire succession. Can I ask a a, because Hoss, you you raise a good point. You're that's a exceptionally uh you know an anomaly they don't go that often and again i'm I'm bringing up hockey i know reed fuller's not here to to talk hockey with us but at least in the nhl in in a regular season uh you know if if there's a tie at the end of regulation uh then they play a little i believe it's three on three hockey for five minutes and if it's still tied i mean that that's sudden death and if it's still tied then they do a start a shootout so what would be the problem with having like two overtimes uh, and then start the, the two-point conversion attempts, you know? Like, get, get to the exciting part a Honestly, little sooner. Actually, I, w- I wanted to bring that up, and I'm glad that you did, Greg, and I'm sorry to cut you off there. That's okay. I wish they instituted that for the third overtime. Because, I mean, you'll see games go into three OTs while it's rare with more regularity than five overtimes. So. And, yeah, but if they did that, it'd be too radical a change. Let's face it, the guys making these rule changes are old men. Yeah, yeah, and if you yes, and if you make really you radical are, changes, they just die. They fall over dead. They have strokes or heart attacks. And, ah, I want I want to oh, throw change. Oh. I want to throw one more wrinkle into my um, my overtime revision, and uh, uh, that that will never happen. You do you go to the third overtime and, and that's when you start the the alternating two point conversions. But the first and second overtime, eight man football. No. Whoa, Western Nebraska guy. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, See now, now, now this you you you, begin, you you they gave you a little foot and you became a radical. <laughs> You give him out a cookie, he asks for a glass of milk. And this is exactly why they left it at the fifth overtime. <laughs> really? Well, then they have to add a mascot guy. Each time they play in overtime, that way have to substitute one football player for a mascot guy. No, well, the problem with like that is there's only the one NCAA mascot. EA Sports, NCAA football, when you can play as mascots. Yeah, but, yeah, but that but, wasn't real life. But the, yeah, the problem, John, the problem with your uh, – uh, farcical uh theory there is the uh, or proposal is that there's only one mascot now if you put you know you got after each you know unsuccessful or or you know still tied overtime you have to replace a football player with a band member no 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 <laughs> no see because you're not thinking like a capitalist pig what i'm telling you if they did the mascot rule the mascot market would explode oh yeah they'd be recruiting mascots who were like you know Six foot, two hundred and forty-five pounds of good short area quickness and explosion. No, no, no. They'd have to have like they like Penn State wouldn't have to have the Nittany Lion guy. They'd have to have a Nittany Lion guy and a bird. And but, then after a bird, they'd have to do like I don't know a pirate guy. So each school would have to develop. They'd probably have to have like five mascots. Are you saying that Nebraska has the built-in advantage because they have Herbie Husker and Little Red? I think Herbie Husker would oh, be a. Shit. Little Red would Little Red would get creamed like the kid in Little Giants. He would take up space. He is a space eater. Little Red, like if we can get put Little Red, Red a nose tackle. Get rid of the new Herbie Husker logo. You know the one I'm talking about. It looks too cartoonish. Yeah, that's on all the Walmart apparel. 
You mean the one from like 1975 that they brought back? No, the Herbie Husker we have now that's on the sidelines. The 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 brown hair, the the brunette, yeah, fella the brown hair one with the goofy if smile. We get rid of him and a little red. Life will be good. Just go back to old school Herbie that you know we all like to wear on our you know the hats and all that. I you know I like <laughs> I like little red. No, little red is weird. He is. He's an outcast. <laughs> I identify almost, with that. He's almost worse. Than, I'd rather have Purdue Pete than little red. Okay, Purdue Pete. <laughs> is an outcast and a serial killer. Well, you ever see his eyes? It's like in Jaws. You ever see a doll's eyes, Chief? <laughs> I mean, you know, ser- little, little Red is an outcast and a, a sweetheart inside. What, do you, like, know somebody who is <laughs> Little Red? I'd like to think that many of us that were picked on when we were young are all Little Reds. What are you talking about? You charged up San Juan Hill when you were seven years old. You never got picked on. Yeah, before that, when I was three, I did. Why do you think I you charged were at, you up were at San Juan Hill? with Grant securing Lee Surrender when you were three. Who was picking on you? <sighs> I'm going to send you guys okay. something in the hey. in the Skype because I since you mentioned Purdue, Pete, I don't know if you're aware, uh, but the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I don't know, I, I sometimes bring them up. Uh, they're one of the few NFL franchises that don't have cheerleaders. Uh, and up until, really? yeah, that's true. Uh, up until, uh, uh, hmm? no, yeah, probably better that way. Uh, up until a few years ago, they were one of the few that did not have a mascot. Do you know that they have a mascot and that he looks horrible? I did. Is it Mike Tomlin? Like no, I, mascot I, that looks like Mike Tomlin. No, I, I sent you. It, it's it's what you would think that a Pittsburgh Steel, you know, you know, worker would look like. I sent it to you in Sky, in the Skype chat. Uh, that's, his, not, that's not awful. His name is Steely McBeam. Steely Dan. Why don't you call him Steely Dan? Probably because that name's copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might For be it. So uh, that's not awful. But it reminded me of Purdue Pete. Yeah, they. You know what? I bet they're related on their mother's side. He might be. And honestly, uh, he he's already got the coveralls. I mean, he could be related to uh, our long lost Herbie Husker cousins. Maybe. Except, I don't think Herbie would be related to anybody wearing black and gold. You know, uh, that that right there is an excellent point. Thank you. Uh, we got more rule changes. Okay. We do have sorry, more. Rules. I was. I'm sorry. I was staring. <laughs> I was staring into stealing McBeam's eyes. And... Yeah, I bet you were. I bet <laughs> yeah. Steely McBeam doesn't need the blue chew. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> what are they uh, called, like ten minutes what in. Those, and what do they call those steel construction companies? Erection companies. That's right. <laughs> okay. Hosh, Hosh. <laughs> did you know that blindside blocks? Yes, <laughs> and let me tell you, I shed a tear. Did you? Yeah. It's a violent game, played by, played with violence, played by people who aren't exactly the most well-adjusted people. Not all, some. Coached by people who aren't the most well-adjusted people, to paraphrase Bill Parcells. And you're outlawing, you know, blindside blocks. And, you know, it's not even like, they're getting hit in the back, you know, as blindside would imply. It's any crack back block with apparent force. Is that the verbiage, you know? By an attacking an opponent with forcible contact. Yeah, it's called a crack block when you send a receiver to pick off a linebacker from following your toss sweep. I was thinking it was a pulling guard that knows when he comes around the end, the linebacker's watching the quarterback. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, there there is that too, but most of the time you'll see those with receivers and tight ends cracking a linebacker or a safety coming downhill and run support. This well as it's far a, as fifteen uh, yard penalty and could be subject to targeting now. I swear, if that F's us out of a win this year at some point, I will riot. He will riot, Craig. I I sound like there's going to be a potential riot. Um, <laughs> John will be doing some 
donk busting. But this is uh, <laughs> you know, I'll be rioting. Greg will be radio hosting. I'll, I'll be doing the play by play. They are there. Uh, pepper spray has been released onto the rioters. It is having no effect on the gentleman we affectionately refer to as Hoss Reuter because he has drinking drinking. He has drink, never mind. I'm done. You ever uh, watch Always Sunny? No. Oh, drink Riot Punch. <laughs> this uh, this blindside block uh, rule it just reminds me of, of the Kenny Bell block in the Big Ten championship, doesn't? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but that's that's the types of hits that I guess they're. But but they were calling penalties on it, you know, ten years ago. Why why are we or you know yeah. eight seven eight years ago? Well, well, I think that the Kenny Bell block against Wisconsin. Do you remember Eric Martin's block on that Oklahoma State I, player? I, on yes, yeah. yes. I, yeah. I I'm willing to bet the farm that those two clips were shown in meetings about this rule. Probably. Now I remember, you know. I'm going to be back in the day guy for a second. I got my ass chewed out by one of my coaches for doing a crackback block on one of my teammates in practice on a kickoff one time. That was back in 2005. So, you know, it's been in the works for a while. It, it is a, it is a violent play, you know, and especially on kickoffs or like broken field runs, long passes, uh, interception returns, stuff like that. I just hope that we don't get, see it, you know, occur on just normal routine run plays where a receiver is cracking a linebacker. I think the thing about this rule is is that it's interesting. It says it was a rule change because uh, blindside blocks were already considered, you know, uh, part of the defenseless the definition of defenseless players and the rules, right? And you they have were, seen they the, were kind of already outlawed. So and you you've seen. Those plays be they, they've really cut down in the past five six years of college football, right? But if the rule change, I know we can't. You know, this is revisionist history. We can't go back in time and change things. But if the rule happened after, you know, Kenny Bell's hit, uh, you know, that that freed Jamal Turner. It not that to say that it would have changed the outcome of the game. I don't think anything was going to change Yakima in that game, but why would they have called the penalty and thrown the flag at that point if if the rule didn't happen until I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, because because he hit him too hard. Yeah, but it's okay. No, so that's it. He hit him too hard. So that that's part of it. You know what I mean? That's why they threw that flag. He hit him too hard. But th- that's a that's a type of block. That is a style of block that the. the Crack back block, the blind side block, however you want to put it. it. And and I hate to you know bring up the Steelers again, but like Heinz Ward made his you know career on those types of blocks. I mean, he also made his career on you know uh, intermediate receptions and things like that. But as far as you know, being the downfield blocker, he he would they and at the time that Ward was playing, they weren't saying, oh, you know that's that should be you know he should be you know penalized for that. They were saying the linebacker. That's why you got to keep your head on a swivel, and it's just amazing how, in the course of, you know, let's say five years, the the mentality went from, oh, you got to keep your head on a swivel if you're a linebacker, to, well, we can't hit that hard, you know. I mean, it's okay. Well, let's go. No, no, no. no. Let's just let's just go into targeting, and then we'll we'll talk about this. That is the because they're they're, the defenseless player designation, like when Eric Martin had that block in that Oklahoma State player, and they're saying he was a defenseless player. If you're on a kickoff coverage team, you have to have your foot, your foot, your head on a swivel. You do. Like, coaches always say, you know, hey, I'm not going to put you out there unless you can protect yourself on the field. You right. know, the, some of the onus does lie on the player. I view defenseless player as a player goes up for a reception and he's in the act of trying to secure the football out of the air, and he cannot defend himself at that point. Mm-hmm. If you're running down the field on kick coverage and you're not paying attention and you get ear hold, I don't see that as a defenseless player. I see that as a lack of attention. Being paid. 
Okay, so I, I, targeting well, hold, changes. No, we're going to targeting, then we'll come back to this because no, no, they're both I, part of the same. Yeah, targeting right. was it now three targeting penalties in one season equals a one game suspension? Yeah. I was just going to say, let's take a timeout and then we'll come back and talk about targeting. Yep, got to sell some blue chew. Oh, God. I, okay, fine. I, I, don't know, I don't know what uh, advertiser this is, but we are appreciative and we'll be right back to the Five Heart Podcast. And John has been sufficiently hydrated, which means we're back to the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, John Dam Johnston, Hoss Reuter, and myself, Greg Mahochko, talking rules changes, and John is literally chomping at the bit. He's so excited he might wet himself, which is good based on his location. Uh, but targeting <laughs> is, the, uh, is what we're going to mention. You heard it just before the break. Uh, players who are called for targeting three times in the same season will face a one-game suspension, which... Are they? Are, does that mean that they're no longer going to review whether it, it appeared to be, you know, malicious or with, you know, with with no, intent? No, that's part of the whole rule change. Okay, let, let's hear it then. Okay, officials are now required to review each targeting foul and render it confirmed. Okay, mm-hmm. it's basically saying they're going to review the calls and determine if it's really targeting before they would make a call on the field. Or the replay booth could initiate a targeting call. And it was really kind of uh, the burden of proof is with confirming the targeting. Okay. Okay, the burden of proof has changed is what they're doing. So they're trying to change it, I think. So it's not a radical change. You'll still have a disqualification. But hopefully we'll see less. You know what? We'll see less targeting for bang-bang players where they, like an offensive player lowers his head and a defensive player hits him in the helmet, and they go, oh, my God, that's targeting because it hits the rule definition. Sure. Where I I think they really want to take the malicious hits out of the game, and obviously that's the intent of this rule, and everybody hates it, but welcome to your new reality. The, the, The launching aspect, really. Well, it's not even launching. I mean, launching is leaving your feet. I think it's more of a... Uh, I don't know. Really? Uh, you know, leading combined. with the crown. Yeah, le- leading with the crown. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require intent. People mistake that all the time. Okay. There's nothing about intent. Nuts. It should include intent. I would say I, I, yeah, intent requires a subjective call by an official to basically yeah, read in, the mind of like, football players. Intent, intent's kind of like pornography. You know it when you see it. Okay, well, you know what? How I would define that? I would define that as intent as every time the opposing team does it, but not my guys. Oh, no, you can tell when <laughs> someone's headhunting. Yeah, but I'm not admitting it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I can't blame you there. And I guess it depends. We, we, we all know why these rules are in place. Yeah, because the war on football. Well, it, it's. It's the CTE issue, you know. It's the concussion, the brain injury issue. Did Did you guys ever watch the the movie Concussion? Nope. No. Me either. I just didn't know. We're talking. Literally, I, I rolled my eyes every time I saw commercials for that. Come on. That's fine. I. I Why? Do I, Do I really need to explain that? Yes, explain it. Because it's disingenuous. The studies are. So disingenuous. They study a sample of the population. They conclude, you know, and they have no baseline to go off of. They conclude that football leads to CTE at, you know, larger, more prevalent rates than anything else. But they don't include the fact that there are more concussions sustained in soccer and cheerleading in this country each year than there are in football. I think they do conclude that, but they're not going to talk about those things in the media because football is the king. Okay, football. But, you're not. Nobody cares about soccer, and well, people care about cheerleaders and gymnastics and things like that, or, or hockey. Uh, they yeah, do care about has those higher things. rates of CTE and concussive syndrome than football. Right, but those aren't the big you know, media. Here's how media works. Okay, if it's up, tear it down. If it's down, build it up. Well, what did Bobby Knight say? Journalists are one step away from prostitutes? Well, but, you know, we're all capitalists. We're all whores or parasites when it comes down to it. Yeah, we've, we've all got our own things. But I, the CTE issue, I think, is, uh, well, the most famous study is the one with the new, um, it's constantly published in the New York Times. Yeah, and they, they, 
reaffirm the narrative where they tested Boston school tested uh, what was it 110 brains and 99 for percent of them were found to have CTE. And the thing about that is, is when I tell people this, is they go, oh, my God, that means 99% of people. No, it's an extremely biased study. And the people who did the study say it's biased. And it would be like this. It would be like saying, we saw signs of tuberculosis in our dad, so we sent him samples in to see if he had tuberculosis. And guess what? He did have tuberculosis. Nobody would be shocked by that. But in the brain study stuff... They're constantly, they're using FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt to drive that narrative. And they're very good at it because they have now terrified a, you know, a whole group of parents who are terrified of concussions. And you do have kids who have concussions and who have depression and who have problems with it. So, you know, I, I think the reason why the NCAA is making these changes is because they want to show that they're making an effort to make the game safer so they don't get their asses sued into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, trying to appear as being, you know, progressive. And I think think they don't have a choice for this. Uh, You know, if we're going to have the game of football still be around in 20 years, you know, whether you like it or not, the media has driven that narrative to the point that everybody says, you know, well, it's concussions. And then some other guy will go, well, it isn't even the concussions. It's the sub-concussive hits that people have over and over and over. You know, it, well, maybe it is. We don't know. We haven't got that far into brain studies. And for a guy who has a brain injury, you know, I've read shitloads about brains and injuries and shit like that to try to learn more. And I'll tell you this, I think that, number one, when you really get deep into it, uh, you, you, under, you realize how contentious the field of brain studies or studying brains and injuries is. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, how much disagreement is or how much agreement there is on what they even know. For example, you, you realize there's not a physical test you can do to determine somebody has a concussion, Right. No, because they, they, the one of the, I mean, I'm not, don't take this as me disagreeing, but, you know, as joked earlier, you know, concussion protocol, when they take them to the sideline, take them to the locker room, what exactly are they looking for? Just see how responsive they are? They're asking them questions usually is what they're doing. Okay. So, and, they, and then they're going to watch a player to see if they're, they're having issues, but well, you yeah, can't, for example, you can't. Skill. Right. You can't, for example, draw blood. Okay. Yeah. And find out if there's a concussion in there. Okay. There's another thing that happens when you have a concussion, and this is being studied, that, for example, both of your eyes should be able to follow a a subject together. And if you can't do that, you probably have some kind of brain injury. And it may be, you know, probably temporary. You got dinged. But if both your eyes aren't working together to follow like a coach's finger or something like that, but there's no way to really test for that. And they are. Are the people working on this kind of stuff? Yes, they are. But, uh, you know, I think that if you read media stories about this and you, you talk to people about it, they would think that we're a lot further down that road than we actually are. We're not very far down that road at all. I had no idea. Yeah, it's, we're still in the infancy of really understanding it. Uh, one of my sisters is a speech language pathologist, and because of her schooling and her training in that field, she absolutely she absolutely despises football for what it does, you know, in terms of brain trauma. So, um, it, it is something there. If there is a significant risk, there needs to be, in which it looks like there potentially is, there needs to be, you know things that are addressed so the sport can move on in as safe a manner as you can make a violent collision-based sport. It is interesting that, you know, I mean, uh, with the, the apparently two Colorado regents, I didn't put this in there and I should have, uh, two Colorado regents voted against their football coach's contract because they felt that the game of football should be discontinued. And, of course, the New York Times wrote a column about it. And, uh, you know, I think I look at that again and then you go, uh, why football? 
Well, because it's the biggest one on the block. It's yeah. the one with the most money, and people really want to take on the one with the most money, number one, so lawyers can make shit tons of money off of it like they did with the NFL lawsuit. And uh, number two, because, uh, I don't know, a lot of them are angry because maybe they weren't very good at sports. I don't know. That, that could be a possibility. Well, I, and realistically... The other thing is a very politically oriented concept, right? When you're in a when you're a uh, when you're in a, a prosecutor, for example, a county prosecutor, okay, in a large city, what do you do? You take on high profile cases so that people know your name, so that you can become attorney general, where you take on high profile cases, so people know your name, so you can become governor, so you can take on high profile issues. And then you become president. I mean, they, a lot of this stuff is literally political aspirations of people. And, you know, that's an example. I'm not going to point out. I don't know of any specific names that are doing this with the uh, the lawsuits that are involved around the concussion stuff. But, uh, there, I mean, what was another headline from a few weeks back was how many hundreds of lawsuits have been filed against the NCAA. And I really uh, I didn't realize I was going to go down this rabbit hole. Otherwise, I would have looked that up. But there are hundreds of lawsuits pending now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I think the, the biggest problem isn't that the NCAA would go bankrupt. The biggest problem would be that uh, your local high school couldn't afford to play football anymore because they couldn't afford the liability insurance. Yeah. So. That's that's the you know you're I think what you're looking at the future of football you're looking at things like IMG Academy where you literally are paying what is it seventy five thousand dollars a year for your kid to go to school and to be basically coached like he's was part of the Russian hockey team from nineteen eighty four. That's what's important. Well, I mean we are kind of looking at I maybe that kind of future if if. Uh, you know, in, I don't know, 10, 15 years, uh, lawsuits continue to be successful. Liability insurance continues to go up. This continues to be a bigger issue. Uh, I mean, it's kind of died down recently, but that's because uh, there hasn't been a high-profile death, right? Mm-hmm. I just kind of took I, over I the last say 10 minutes. Maybe not since, what, Junior Seau? Was that the last high-profile? Dave Dewerson, maybe. Alex Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Committed Alex suicide. Who was the, oh, come on, come on, the Florida Gator guy. Aaron. Oh, shit. Okay, Alex Hernandez is a baseball player, isn't he? I do Prob- not know. Him. Probably. Maybe he's my next door neighbor. I have no idea. Okay, Hernandez You're was the last profile pu- person. Uh, committed suicide in prison, age 25, right? Young. Yep. We'll just go with that. And then he, they examined his brain. Of course, he had CT, and people were like, oh, my God, he was only so young, and then blah, blah, blah. Uh, the other thing is that uh, he took a lot of drugs. Yeah. And one of the studies or one of the things that it, when you get start reading a lot more about the brain study stuff is uh, they don't know what the effects of, for example, opioids or painkillers has on the brain's uh, chemical makeup or nervous system makeup and stuff like that. Are they going to be able to ever get answers out of guys that played, let's say, for years in the NFL to say, how many painkillers do you take this week? They're never going to be able to do those studies. So that may have some links also as to why uh, player Bob gets CTE and player Joe does not have any signs of CTE whatsoever. So, yeah, it's again, it's they got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff, uh, and and I'm not, you, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a downer. I'm not gonna lie. Um, kind of, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's. I understand that the the changes that they're making to the game, um, as Haw said, it's it's a physical, it's a violent game. It is full of collisions. Um, I think that when you uh, I don't know, when you sign up for that, you kind of take a little bit of that, you know, and, and say, well, yeah, it, it's it's a physical game. I know. I, I just remember years ago, uh, you know, obviously when he was still a player, uh, James Harrison, you know, he was talking about 
uh, I don't know, being hit in the knees versus being hit in the head. He's like, he's like, I'd rather be hit in the head. He said, if I get hit in the head, I miss a, a game. If you, you take out my knees, you end my career. You know, that type of thing. Um, I, I don't know if he still feels that way, especially, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, like Junior Seau, some of the other players that we mentioned. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a fast, it's physical, it's a violent game, and it is meant – Maybe not meant, but it's certainly destructive on the body. And uh, uh, I don't know. If the rule changes and the technology, you know, behind the the helmets and and pads and whatnot help make the game a little bit safer, you know, I I, I, I think I can still enjoy football. You know, Haas, can you still enjoy football with these rule changes? Hey, at one point the forward pass was illegal, you know. It became legalized. They outlawed the flying wedge. You know, yeah. it adapts. It's like anything else in life. And you know what? We're watching a different game than we are than we were ten years ago. When you get right down to it, you adapt. You know, if it gets to seven on seven at some point, it's just quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs throwing. You know, running pass plays against linebackers and DBs. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit sad for somebody who's an offensive line purist, but. <laughs> Still watch. What what will happen to all those huge guys though? They'll go do something. They'll go work in steel mills. They'll no, go. No, I mean you look at it. Sumo. What happened years ago? Boxing kind of went away, pretty mm. much. And what do we have now? We have stuff that looks thirty times more violent than boxing oh. ever was, and people love it. You know what I mean? You're like these people kill each other in a ring. You know, like, I'd, be interested, I'd be interested to see a CTE study on UFC fighters. Yeah, and and boxers for that matter. Yeah. I know there's one published about military service personnel. You know. Yeah, right. So I mean, the big thing that it gets down to is if someone knows the risks and they're ready to assume the fact that they're those risks are prevalent. You know, you can't stop someone from doing what they want to do. You know, there are going to be parents who want to hold their kids out of football, and that's you know, that's their prerogative. You know, as as a parent, but I think there's always going to be people who want to play football, knowing full well that the risks that are involved and assumed from playing it. Well, as somebody who's at least assisted in raising three adult children, <laughs> I would say that I would say that uh, I, you know, my oldest son played football. My youngest son was never. He played all, all three of my kids played soccer. The oldest played football for two years, you know, tackle football. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, what I was most terrified of was putting my kids into a car. Oh, yeah. Because I, mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't understand why parents would go, well, my kid's not playing football, but they're damn sure going to drive. Okay. Which, what, the risk of those aren't even close to each other. So. You know, and I realize people will go, well, he's going to have to drive to have a job. Well, not really. If he lives in a city, he could always take mass transit. Yeah, unless but, you're in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, that's probably true. That's but it. you get the idea. There's there's tons of risks in life. Yeah. That, that's you know what? you got to walk between the raindrops and you just keep going. Ooh, oh, my God. Some... If, what? And tiptoe through the tulips, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, real quick. Is that a line you use when you want to appear suave with the women? Uh, walk between the raindrops? No, it's a line from a song. Um, I, you know, I've never, not, never, comma, not once had that line crossed my mind while I'm trying to appear suave with uh, the ladies. Is that a, would that be Donald Fagan? Walk between raindrops? James McMurtry. All right, maybe we're looking at a different song then. Did you say we're clucking at a different song? I said maybe we're looking at a different song. <laughs> you can tell you're clucking. I, okay, whatever. I, I Googled clucking Walk Between the Raindrops, and Donald Fagan was the first thing that popped up. So, Hey, we did reference Steely Dan earlier. There you go. It's all tied together in this big, wild universe we live in. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Couple more, a uh, couple more notes here that are uh, Husker football immediately related. One of them, uh, we actually 
overlooked last week in our Husker baseball uh. conversation. Nice job. The other one is a little bit more uh, uh, current as far as we learned about this uh, earlier on Wednesday. Uh, but a, a couple of players, uh, you know, have decided to uh, part ways with Nebraska football, one being uh, Caleb Lightborn, the other being, uh, which was the one we, of course, found out about last week, the other being Breon Dixon. Um, and Lightborn, I mean, he lost his spot. I think he lost his confidence. If he were Shawn Michaels, you could say he lost his smile, circa 1997. Um, reference. Thank you. Breon Dixon, however, uh, that one came as a bit of a shock. Uh, what was your take that on that? Just, um, you know, I'm sure there's some off-the-field stuff that he just couldn't quite get squared away. And whether it's academics or just general off-the-field issues, because I thought he had some promise, and I thought he was the kind of defender that this defense sorely needed, you know, hybrid linebacker safety type guy who could stop the run, drop into coverage, get after the quarterback. So if Frost is willing to process out a guy who has some serious athletic potential, he must just really have some problems having, you know, his life squared away. Now, it's it's important for people to remember that uh, Dixon came to Nebraska in January 2018 from Ole Miss, I, I, and I believe he uh, got that, you know, he played in four games last year before, you know, taking advantage of the, the new redshirt rule, uh, but come from Ole Miss and their uh, tumultuous head coach situation kind of allowed him, he, did, he was able to play, he didn't have to sit out a year with, with the transfer rule, uh, but I guess since he's leaving now, he's going to have to, uh, you know, he's he's going to have to miss a year of eligibility or, or go down a, a division, isn't he? Probably. Okay. Might even go JUCO. If he goes to a JUCO, he'll be a two-to-play-two guy. Well, uh, wish him well. You know, I guess that's about all we can say for, you know. Nebraska, it's not for everyone. There you go. <laughs> I guess that fits here, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and as far as Caleb Lightburn, I mean, we saw the the struggles that he had and and being uh, supplanted by uh, the Lincoln native uh, Isaac Armstrong. So uh, again, wish him well. Hopefully, he can. You know, he, he, everybody has to remember that Lightburn was there, and he was thrown in a year, probably before he was ready due to the, the tragic uh, and unfortunate loss of Sam Fultz. So I think Nebraska fans, if nothing else, I know it was easy to kind of rag on him a little bit last fall for you know the, the some of the shank punts and things like that. But uh, he was thrown into the mix a, a little early, and, and I think for that reason and for, for the circumstances surrounding his – you know, premature, you know, start of his career, if you will. Uh, he he was there, and and he was whether he was ready or not. He was the uh, the heir to the the punter job, you know, a- after Sam Fold's passing. Uh, so I, I think Husker fans could have been a little bit nicer to him, uh, but you know, and I, I'm probably as guilty of this as anyone. It's you know, it, it's a results oriented business for lack of better terms and and uh and i understand why he uh you know was i don't know if benched is the right word but i understand why he you know ended up seeing watching more uh of the special teams from the sidelines than than being on the field uh and isaac armstrong obviously got the job done in you know and and supplanted or, or or uh What's there? I don't know. There's a word I'm looking. Anyway, uh, you sure? Well, no. It was it was more of a confirmed in the coaches' minds that that he was going to be the starter going forward. So again, you know, just like Dixon, wish uh, Caleb Lightburn the best as as he moves on with his collegiate career, whether he plays football or not. I would hope we all feel about that. I mean, my God, this is just a game for God's sakes. In yeah. the end of the day, it's just a sport. It's- it's something that's important, but let's not dehumanize people. Exactly. That's very good. You should put that on a T-shirt. 
Greg? Uh, we actually have a T-shirt. Uh, are you aware of it? It's the uh, One State Five Heart shirt, and it's available. Well, it doesn't say don't dehumanize, does it? No. We want big, long phrases that people have to read and start lengthy discussions about in life. Incremental I, improvement. I'm working on incremental <laughs> improvement. Um, but uh, but the One State Five Heart shirt is available. Jitterymonkey.com slash shop. And, uh, hey, right, well, I can't say right. We, no, wait, what day is today as this drops Friday? Yeah, so right now, if you use the promo code 20APRIL19, you get 20% off everything you order from jitterymonkey.com slash shop. I'm saving you money here, folks, but the, the sale, if you will, ends what day is today? Uh, today. So you have uh, Friday the 26th to uh, you know, get that take advantage of that stuff right there. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. I, I'm not. I'm you're not. you're basically you're giving them a, a promo code that references April twentieth, four twenty. No, it, it's twenty for twenty percent off, and it's oh. April of nineteen. So, there you go. Because four twenty, four twenty was last week. I was last just weekend. asked to do math, and I don't know what's going on anymore. We should, we should, do, we should be done so I can go to bed, and my old man brain can rest. Okay, let's do it. Let, let's <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. Um, more cheap. That I got some dog busting to do, you bastard. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to look it up now. Just send the misses an emoji or two. <laughs> oh, that's oh, just never going to go. go. John, Greg and I are never going to let that go. I can't yeah, wait. You never let anything go. Hoss, no. I can't wait to. You guys have personal problems. Yes, we do. I can't wait till we all get together in Lincoln at Blue Blood Brewery. And uh, we, you know. You distract him, or I distract him, Hoss, and then the other one will take his phone and message his wife those emojis so that she knows what to expect when he gets back to the hotel room. Oh, that will And be then cool. someone goes to jail for murder. <laughs> Who's getting murdered? For, for all you know, she could be waiting for that particular series of emojis, John. She could be like, mm, that's, that's right, I've been waiting. I don't know. I, I don't know. You're a yeah. Your 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 wife is a lovely human being. I'm sure I've never met her, never spoken to her, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll 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 be nicer in the future. Yes, you should be because she's an angel for having put up with me at all. You should always recognize that. I uh, you know what I don't I don't disagree with any of that. So, uh, Mrs. John Dam Johnston, we apologize formally, publicly, and uh, and we hope that. The donk smashing goes well. I don't really know how to end that thought. Yeah. Happy donk smashing. <laughs> don't you have some news about changes to the program or something? Yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned, coming up next week on the show, uh, well, Coronation's getting a second podcast that's all Nebraska ball. It's going to be hosted, uh, co hosted by Patrick Gerhardt and Nate McHugh, who have both been on the Five Heart podcast before. And uh, as a benefit to you, the listeners, and to help introduce their show, we're going to have them as special guests next week uh, right here on the Five Heart Podcast. So make sure that you are uh, listening for that. It's going to drop automatically uh, into your favorite podcast app, regardless of whether you're ready for it or not. All you got to do is download and listen. And for all of you Five Heart Podcast fans, listeners, and people who want to contribute, this next little bit of information is for you. Also starting next week, we are going to have a new segment right here on the Five Heart Podcast called Use Your Voice. Whether you have questions or opinions or hot takes, whatever uh, whatever you want to say, even if it's not even Husker-related, uh, you can tweet us. You can uh, you know, contact us via Facebook through a, a, you know, a comment or something like that. And starting next week, you can even leave us a voicemail, and we'll drop it uh, right here into the show and that number, pen and paper ready, it's 402-327-1830. Uh, it's just a, a Google Voice number. What is that, Hoss? 327, what was the last poll? 1830 the year of John Dan Johnson's birth. So. Oh, hey, John, were you born before or after Andrew Jackson's inauguration? 
Okay, yeah, one of those. <laughs> but we did some donk smashing there. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm sure Andrew Jackson was a fine president that nobody remembers a single damn thing he did except historians. Well, uh, he defeated Packingham in New Orleans. He started the Trail of Tears. Tried to end the Federal Reserve. So he was a shitty president. Yeah. 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 Okay. War hero, shitty president. He also um, did other things. Did he start his own brand of whiskey? No, but he died of lead poisoning because he had so many bullets lodged in his body from years of duels. He was attacked. He was the first uh, president, U.S. president attacked. Um, and let's see. There, it looks like there was an assassination attempt on his life. Okay, this is more about Andrew Jackson than anybody really wanted to fuck it. You're probably All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's be done. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's a unanimous call right here on the Five Heart Podcast. Uh, wrapping it up for another week. For myself, Greg Mahachko, for Hoss Reuter, for John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Win the damn off season. And remember that phone number for the voicemail is 402-327-1830. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.